on Good Nerv Shabbos. Some of you might be a little kvetchy about the fast tomorrow. And you're wondering to yourself, is an Erev Shabbos fast? You go into Shabbos hungry. Granted, the davening, the minig is tomorrow night. We don't schlep by davening. Don't have any learning. We will try to get home as soon as we can. And you're supposed to start the Suda right away. People are hungry. But people look at it as such an interesting fast. Going into Shabbos when we're starving. If we have a little bit more meaning into this fast and to understand it's relevant today, it will make the fast easier tomorrow. So before you catch about Friday, just know there's the most unique thing which I've mentioned before. The halacha tells us if a sarabatavis would fall out on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos, which is not true for even Tishabov. It's only true for Yom Kippur. And the way the calendar set up is it can't come out on Shabbos. But you see something fascinating. Were a Sarabatavis to come out on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos. So before you quetch about a Friday fast, just know you're getting a good deal. That's the first good deal you're getting. The second good deal you're getting is, if you look in Shulchan Aruch, it says that really there's supposed to be a fast for three days in a row. Ches Tevis, the eighth of Tevis, the ninth of Tavis and the tenth of Tavis. So before you kvetch tomorrow, Chazal had Rachmanas on us, and they took the three days that were supposed to fast, and they put it into one day. We fast tomorrow because of Ches Tavis, Tes Tavis, and Yod Tavis. So here we go. We saved ourselves no Shabbos. We saved ourselves three days. Now the Friday fast should have become easier already psychologically. So what is it? that we fast on Shabbos, if it were to come out on Shabbos. What's with the three days? So very quickly, if you look in Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch says what happened on each one of these 10 days. So Asara B'tavis, everybody knows, they laid siege on Yerushalayim. It was the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of Chorban Beis Mikdash, where they just laid siege on Yerushalayim. And we all know once you lock out a city and you don't let anything in and out, it's the beginning of the end. That we know. What happened on Ches Tevez, on the 8th of Tevez? Chazal tell us, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch, that they translated the Torah into Greek. And Chazal tell us a darkness ascended down to the world, descended down into the world. We have to know exactly why and when. But the strangest of all is that happened on the 9th of Tevez. Why? You have to see, it's very rare in Shulchan Aruch. It says, the ninth of Teves, we don't know what happened. But we fast. But we should fast. What does it mean we don't know what happened? You ever saw such a thing? We're going to fast on the ninth of Teves, but we don't know why. And this question is so blatant. Because if you'll say the Slichas tomorrow, it tells us clearly what happened. How could the Shulchan Aruch say we don't know why? If in the Slichas we say tomorrow morning, it says Ezra HaSoifer was, was Nifter. So what does it mean we don't know why? So if we have time, we'll go into other f- 
reasons why it says we don't know why. Because there were other things that happened that were very hard to publicly express. Some shatim that has to do with Christianity at this time of year. Another shot is about that the Shimon Hakipuli died today. I don't know if you know who that was. He was an incredible person who pretended to convert to Christianity when Christianity started. So he could become the he was the bishop of Rome, and he was able to tell convince them to make it on Sunday instead of Shabbos and make no bris and all to sell so openly he lived like a Christian, but he was really a Shemitara mitzvah, and he passed away in Testavis. So that's why it says I don't know why. But I want to share with you why the, even the reason for Ezra has cipher. What we're saying is we don't know. And I want to explain to you how these three days are all relevant to today. And what we have to cry about and feel pain about is the lack of these things. And maybe we'll understand if we have time what happens even on Shabbos. And allow me to explain. Who was Ezra HaSefer? You need to understand. Ezra HaSefer was the man who when Kalal Yisrael was in their low, lowest of the low, he came back and uplifted us. Kalal Yisrael was doing Avodah Zara. For those of you that remember your Navi, there was king after king eradicated, tried with Avodah Zara. Chazal tells us that Ezra Seifer successfully eradicated Avodah Zara. The desire of Avodah Zara. How do we understand that? How did he get rid of it? Hashem Seifer tells us something fascinating. He says, what did Ezra Seifer do? He said, Ezra Seifer was the founder of the Jewish community. And I want to explain to you what that means. After the base of Mikdash was destroyed, but even not, even the base of Mikdash was around. Do you know there was a rule that you couldn't come to the base of Mikdash whenever you wanted? Shlomo Melech said, come three times a year. If you come too often, you're going to lose your sensitivity. And the Jews had a burning desire to get close and to serve Hashem. And you know what the Jews did? Not by Dezara. They built bombites. They built these, not mezbeachs, but these little altars around, and they sacrificed not to Avodah but to Hashem. It was a tremendous sin. It's called Shechutei Chutz. But the Jews were burning in their hearts. What do you mean we can't go to the base of Mikdash? And if you look at the Navi, while every king, the Tzadikim, it says eradicated Avodah they could not get rid. This was one desire of the Jewish people that could not get out of our system. We could not serve Hashem. So although we weren't serving Avodah Zara, we were still doing something that wasn't allowed. We were, we were building, we were bringing Karbonus outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Ezra HaSoyfer realized, you know what the problem is? Yidin need to connect in their service. Yidin don't work by themselves. And he founded something called the Jewish community. He invented from going to Bate Knesias, shuls. There was no such a thing out of the base of Mikdash as serving Hashem with a group. It was individuals. It's fascinating. No one knows this. He invented Kriya Satayra on Monday and Thursday. 
So people have to go to shuls. And by starting this, Chazal tell us, Ezra has safer. Save Israel. Because we stopped having to do these sacrifices that were luckily no good. He understood the power of a shul, the power of a community. This was Ezra Saif. So not only that, when we lost the base of Mikdash, we lost one thing. When we lost Ezra Saif, a certain element of uplifting Israel through a sense of community left. Because Ezra Seifer figured that out. And he did that for us. And we till today, on the day that he passed away, we lament and we cry. Why? Because he, his glamorous input into Kalal went away. He is considered the savior of Kalal Yisrael. You have to read the Psukim. Fascinating Psukim. How Kalal was at the brinks they were marrying non-Jewish women. Ezra Seifer got involved and inspired them. Incredible human being. It's unbelievable if we go through history to understand what Ezra Seifer did for us. But I want to explain to you what this means. What Ezra Seifer did to us was he taught us. You cannot serve Hashem alone. Not that he came up with it. He realized that the Yidin were gravitating to the base of Mikdash, but when they couldn't go more often, this was here for the future. Ezra Seifer was planting the seed for the day that the Beis HaMikdash goes down. Klai Yisrael is going to have their shuls. And they're going to have their communities. For those that think they can serve HaKadosh Baruch as an individual. You hear about a share for men, for women, for children. Let me do it on my own. I have my computer. I can listen. You're missing that basic Yisrael of Yahadus. Ezra Seifer taught us that before he enacted the sense of community, Jews had to get together and do things even wrong because they wanted to connect as a group. It's who we are. It's in our DNA. And Ezra Seifer taught us that. And now that the base of Mikdash is not around, what do we have to lament? When there's a lack of community. When the base of Mikdash went down, and Ezra HaSafer goes down in history for that. And there's much more to expound on Ezra's amazing life if you go through it. But Tyree, our point today is to be inspired for tomorrow. And many of you might remember the same Chassam Seifer that I'm quoting now who teaches us that this is what Ezra HaSafer teaches us. Adds a tremendous Chiddush. We mentioned that if Asura B'tabis came out on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos. And the Chassam Sefer is very troubled. We don't find ever such a concept. How come only Yom Kippur and Hasar B'tavis? And I want you to listen to the words of the Chassam Sefer that I've said before. He says, the rule of thumb is you only allow to fast on Shabbos for a fast for the future. If it's a fast about the past, you don't fast on Shabbos. Tishabov, Tainas Esther, you don't fast. Any fast that's relevant to the future, like Yom Kippur, it's for your atonement, you could fast. A tainus chalayim, if someone has a bad dream, there's a special halacha, he's allowed to fast. Says the Chassam Seifer, so why in Asar B'tavis, if it falls out on Shabbos, would you fast? And I'm asking you to please listen to this. Says the Holy Chassam Seifer. 
Each and every year, he says, I will spill the beans, what happens in Shemayim on Asar B'tavis. He says, every single year on Asar B'tavis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls together the Malachim and Shemayim. And he makes a decision. Will the Beis HaMikdash be rebuilt this year or not? He says, that decision is made on Asar B'tavis. He says, you know why you light a fast on Asar B'tavis on Shabbos, if it were to fall out on Shabbos? Because it's relevant to the future. How we feel tomorrow, says the Chassam Seifer, and how bad we feel tomorrow about the lack of the Beis HaMikdash is the, the deciding factor if it's going to be rebuilt. So tomorrow, take a moment. And when you lament the lack of the Beis HaMikdash, which is hard, perhaps you can take it to test Davis. Perhaps you can take a moment to lament our lack of community, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu woke us up a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, with the Haraz and Eretz Yisrael to teach us. We need to become more communal. Ezra Seifer taught us, you can't serve Hashem by yourself. You need to make groups of people to get together and learn, to make groups of people to grow together. We need a chizuk in our sense of community. There needs to be much more growth together. People, we don't grow by ourselves. And when there's a lack of it, there's a lack of shalom, and there's a lack of achtos and growth together, if you lament it tomorrow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will build the ultimate shul. He will build the ultimate basement. So again, going into tomorrow, think about for a moment the Yutevis, what the Chassam Sofer teaches us, the secret the Chassam Sofer teaches us, that tomorrow, every year in Asar is a massive din in Shemayim. I think after the events of this year, I think we feel it a little more than a regular Sarbatavis. Every year, do you really want to make some English? Do you don't? I'm not convinced every year we want it. I feel this year, with what's going on in the world and the discomfort Jews feel in exile and gullus around the world, it's fair to say that tomorrow's Sarbatavis can really do it. I think there's enough pain in Kalah Yisrael. That when Akash Boho looks into our hearts on Asar Davis and he sees us fasting, he's going to say, no, no, this year they really want it. This year they want it. So I plead with everybody to lament, to feel it tomorrow. And remember that Akash Boho is passing to the point of a lot of fast on Shabbos because it's such an integral and important thing. The entire future of the base of Midrash gets decided on that day. And perhaps remember Ezra Sefer, the loss of the sense of community. While you lament the loss of the Beis Hamikdash, we also have to lament the loss of Kihilo, of becoming one and growing together that could be strengthened. And I believe that Muna Shalema, if we could have those thoughts tomorrow, think about what you could do for our community. What growth could you bring? What could you arrange? What could you bring together? Whether it's a group of women getting together to Mechazik in a specific set of halachas, or to Mechazik in their Shalom Bayis, to Mechazik in their Chinuch, group of men. It doesn't make a difference what kind of group it is. It transforms a community when everyone's growing together. If you have an idea of an initiative or something, let's go. Feel free to call me, call your friends, make something happen. Remember Ezra Seifer saved Klai Yisrael. No other Melech Yisrael, including the Kedoshim, even the tzaddikim, like sorrow, rakabamish, we the psukim, rakabamish, like sorrow. They could not get rid. The only one who helped us was Ezra. By enacting the concept of a shul, of a base knesses, of a chabura, of a group of Kalah Yisrael. Let's lament 
of those things that are lacking today. And without a doubt, we will be zeichah this year. Kakadosh Baruch will give us. Sarah Batavis, Topshin Pei Dalad. Kakadosh made a psak that the Mesa Migdash is finally being rebuilt and will bring us chizik. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a very meaningful time.